It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, August 18th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The Sitka Tribe of Alaska awarded four child care providers in Sitka with over $200,000 in federal funding this week. Betty Eliason Child Care Center, Sheldon Jackson Child Care Center, Mount Edgecombe Preschool, and 3 to 5 Preschool received a combined total of $238,000 in funding from the American Rescue Plan Act. The 2021 Federal Act awarded a total of $45 million to Alaska in child care stabilization grants. Licensed child care providers serving at least one tribal youth were eligible for these particular funds. Melanie Board, Director of Social Services at STA, says that providers can use the funds for a variety of operational expenses, from paying staff to funding maintenance projects. It helped them to take some pressure off of, um, you know, how they were going to make it through the, make- the remainder of the year. Lolly Miller directs the Sheldon Jackson Child Care Center. She is glad to have funds that can help cover the basic costs of operations. This particular money, we asked just to be able to um, to pay bills, to use it for electric, to use it to pay oil, to use it to, to just take care of our uh, monthly uh, things that we have, uh, just to keep the program going. And that's never happened before. Providers received the funds on Tuesday. Alaska has no shortage of marine predators, from orcas to stellar sea lions to salmon sharks. Over the past few years, researchers have identified a new, lesser-known predator that may play a key role in keeping Alaska's kelp forests healthy. KCAW's Meredith Reddick reports. 30-year PhD student Nikita Schreeder reaches deep into a tank in the basement lab of the Sitka Sound Science Center looking for what she calls an underappreciated predator. These creatures are such effective hunters that when they enter an area... It's like you can hear their screams underwater, but everyone's just trying to flee the scene. Schreeder wrestles the creature out of the tank and holds it up to the light. She's holding a dinner plate-sized purple sea star. Sunflower stars, a type of sea star, are the focus of Schreeder's research this summer through her work with Professor Christy Croker at UC Santa Cruz. Schreeder hopes to learn more about how these sea stars could help protect coastal kelp forests. Sea stars may not intimidate us humans, but to a population of sea urchins, they're a formidable predator. They basically throw their stomachs out, so they lift up their arms, and then part of their stomach from the underside is like thrown out, and then they engulf urchins. While unfortunate for the urchin, this kind of predation is good for the ecosystem. Urchins eat kelp, and too many urchins can decimate kelp forests that many animals call home. Basically are like skyscrapers that create homes for all these different animals. Keeping those forests healthy requires a balance of kelp-eating grazers like urchins and abalone, and predators like sea stars who eat those grazers. If you lose one part of this puzzle, so for example, you lose an important predator, then you might have too many grazers. That's happened before. A decline in the population of sea otters, a well-known predator of urchins and other kelp-eating critters, led to the spread of urchin barrens along the west coast, where urchins have mowed down entire kelp forests. 
Now, researchers are trying to figure out if and how other predators such as sunflower stars could play a complementary role in protecting kelp forests. Sunflower stars eat urchins, but Schreeder suspects they may also affect urchin behavior in other ways. In her work this summer, she's trying to figure out if the mere presence of a sea star could cause urchins to eat less kelp. So just sensing this predator might lead to the urchins being scared into eating less kelp. So they might be investing their energy into running away from the predator or hiding in little crevices rather than just like roaming the seafloor, eating kelp as they please. In the lab, Schreeder situates a caged sunflower star in the center of a tank full of urchins. She wants to see if the urchins move away from the cage or eat less kelp when they sense that a sea star is nearby. Out in Sitka Sound, her team is running similar experiments, tracking the path of a sunflower star and seeing how long it takes for urchins and abalone to return to those spots. Or whether that slime trail of a sea star is so strong that the that they're too scared to come back, basically. If sunflower stars serve as vigilante kelp guardians, that's exciting news for the kelp forests, especially if the sea star population rebounds. Sea star wasting disease has plagued the West Coast over the past decade, dissolving huge swaths of sea stars. Sunflower stars were hit especially hard. Schreeder says they've seen more mature sunflower stars around Sitka Sound this summer than they expected. That is, at least tentatively, cause for celebration. So it's exciting that we are seeing them this summer, and hopefully these populations persist through time. We'll see. Schreeder doesn't have results back yet, but she's excited to see how these sunflower stars might help protect kelp forests by creating what she cheerfully calls a landscape of fear for urchin populations. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick. Housing is a big concern for communities across southeast Alaska. In Petersburg, the results of a community survey indicate that more than 300 houses may need to be built or renovated in the next decade. KFSK's Thomas Copeland reports. Petersburg has a new fourth grade teacher this fall, Sharon Paulson. She moved to town this summer. The floor of her home is strewn with musical instruments played proudly by five-year-old Glenn. In the middle, a steel drum marked with the first seven letters of the alphabet. I'm sure the neighbors are thrilled. I don't think we'll be that noisy. Paulson signed her contract in March. She broke the news to her husband and her son and started house hunting in Petersburg. We looked on Zillow, which was laughable, and someone said, check on Facebook. And I saw that there really wasn't very much there. I looked with the realty companies, both of them. The administrators were putting the word out for people. We had a list of Airbnbs to ask if maybe they would rent to us. After nearly two months of searching, Paulson spotted a classified ad in the local paper. That was the last kind of hope that I had. It really was like, if we can't find housing, we can't make this move. So when we finally did find a house and our offer was accepted, I could visibly see the stress fall off of my husband's face. Stories like hers are common around Petersburg. So last fall, the Borough Assembly set up a housing task force. Assembly member Dave Kensinger is the chair. I think we need to figure out a way to start building more housing. It's pretty simple. If we don't deal with it, we won't have as many people in town. But Kensinger says that's the easy bit. The hard part, what type of housing and how much of it. 
To answer that, the task force launched a community housing needs survey. It ran for a month in the summer and it was all overseen by Anchorage-based Agnewbeck Consulting. Now, the results are in. Here's Katie Skovic, Senior Manager at Agnewbeck. We had 366 responses to the community housing survey in Petersburg, which is awesome. That's about 10% of the population and a really great rate for this kind of survey. The survey was 10 pages long with 39 questions. But here are some of the headline results. A quarter of respondents aren't happy with their housing. And most of those who aren't happy are under 45, working and still renting. Most of them want to move into family homes, but apartments and duplexes are popular too. 80% of all respondents want to see more land with utilities opened up for housing. And the survey shows that a lack of skilled labour and the cost of repair is holding people back from renovating their homes. But Skovic says that even those who don't fall under any of those categories still care about this issue. The majority of Petersburg residents are satisfied with their own housing, but also the majority of residents say that housing is a community issue. And so to see both of those things at the same time is encouraging. Now, the team at Agnewbeck have been sifting through all that data to calculate what housing they think Petersburg needs. According to our housing need forecasts, over the next 10 years, there's a need for roughly 316 housing units in Petersburg. We're really looking at about six new units a year and 18 rehab or renovation units each year for the next 10 years. So once the consultants submit their final report at the end of September, Dave Kensinger says there's no time to waste. The time to done something was 10 years ago. And if we want to keep a vibrant community and we just don't want a community of a bunch of retirees, we need to address the housing problem now, not next year. But that's easier said than done. Between land, labour and logistics, and many folks in Petersburg will have big concerns that need to be addressed first. Back at the Polson family home, Sharon has shifted her focus to a different challenge altogether. The first day of school. I'm very excited. You know, of course, nervous. I rarely ever sleep the day before students come to school. Do you have a lesson plan for day one? Oh, not yet. <laughs> um, I don't yet, but I will. Perhaps she can whip up a quick housing plan while she's at it. In Petersburg, I'm Thomas Copeland. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Friday, August 18th, 2023. Today, patchy fog before 10 a.m. Otherwise, mostly sunny with a high near 66. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 53. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. Thank you.